Hello. Hello. <clears throat> and welcome back to our podcast. Why am I like this? <laughs> you, you, um, uh, you ready to go on this one, Jenny? Yeah. All right. All set. All right. Let's, uh, what are we talking about today? So in today's episode, we're going to be talking a bit more about my background um, and some of the things that I had gone through. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to put some trigger warnings on this before mm-hmm. I proceed. Um, mm-hmm. There's going to be some talk about uh, abuse, mental abuse. There's going to be mention of some rape. Mm-hmm. So if these topics are hard for you to listen to, then I suggest um, either skipping this episode or treading very carefully. Mm-hmm. Yeah, making sure that you're in a good headspace um, for these kinds of topics. Uh, yeah, so. I mean, I can also try and um, find the timestamps for the like specific mentions um, and put them in the description. Um, but, uh, yeah, either way, tread carefully. <laughs> <laughs> the best way I can put it. Yeah. Okay. So, and it's for the, for the most part, I mean, my, my childhood was pretty good. It was okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, my parents got divorced when I was just really little. Mm-hmm. So, um, while I'm sure it very much affected me at that time, uh, I don't really remember a whole lot of it. I do have some mm. memories, though, of <laughs> the um, first couple of years of the visitation battles and how that went. Yeah. And, yeah, I have some not-so-fond memories of that. <laughs> yeah, it's often very difficult to deal with for, you know... I, I'm fortunate in that I don't remember my parents separating at all, but uh, it's it's hard for kids to go through, you know, separating. Especially when your parents fight right in front of you. Yeah, yeah. I I remember a couple of those. Yeah. Very clearly. Um, and that's not those memories in particular aren't necessarily the ones that I need to get into. Mm-hmm. Although, I'll, I will just kind of briefly talk about one. Mm-hmm. Um, now I know that I get some of the details mixed up, so I'm not really going to get too much into those. Yeah, but I do remember one time where I was playing with some pillows on the floor, mm-hmm. and uh, it it happened really fast. I just remember. Uh, my mom picked me up and took me into the bedroom. The lights were off. And I remember seeing the light from outside. And, you know, when the shadow of blinds are on the wall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember staring at those and just bawling my eyes out. Yeah. And I could remember, yeah, hearing a bunch of, like, ruckus mm-hmm. from down the hall, which I assumed was fighting. Yeah. Even at, like, four, I could deduce that that was fighting. Yeah. 
I knew that much. And then, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, the one kid kids are smarter than we give them credit for. You know what I mean? Like we we can tell them when somebody's upset. They can tell them, you know, when somebody's not feeling good. And like just yesterday, your your son was asking me if I was stressed or you know. He asked me the same thing too. Yeah, and we were having a hard day. Um, right? Was, I was in a lot of pain um, and uh, he was stressing over his kindergarten paperwork, you know? So, and Sedgwick and all just every, all of that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Everything. All kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I sometimes wonder if he was picking up on that or if he just wanted to share his stress ball. <laughs> yeah. I mean, or both. Yeah. Or both. both. But, um, so anyway, that was, but for the most part, in terms of my childhood, though, I mean, my, whether they knew they were doing this or not, I don't know. But they did use me as a weapon against the other Mm -hmm. a lot. And, I probably subconsciously picked up on that in my own way because I became yeah. very angry with the both of them. Yeah. In my teenage years, I grew to despise both of them for just this game. Yeah. It, it uh, messes with you mentally. In a, in a way, you know. Um, Even if they were unaware that they were doing it, they still needed better ways to handle the situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's no excuse to use your child as a weapon against your ex. In one fashion or another. It's just not okay to do. Yeah. They They eventually pick up on it. Mm-hmm. They can sense some type of disparity, mm-hmm. <laughs> hatred. Yeah, kids can pick up on the hatred. I picked up on the hatred. I knew my parents hated each other, with every fiber of their being, and they didn't have to tell me. Yeah, like it was. It was all in like the, and while it wasn't expressed directly it was definitely communicated through their actions toward one another and how they talked to each other and about each other or talked about each other to mm-hmm. me was what it was yeah because they were very rarely in actual you know contact with each other right at that point in your life um, yeah they would only stay in contact like if it was you know hey Jen wants to come over and they would arrange it yeah so, and I mean, at least um, in that regard, your dad didn't prevent you from going to see your mom for the most part. Um, I remember you telling me he really didn't like it when he went over there, but or, he didn't. And, yeah. you know, he didn't like my stepdad. And, mm-hmm. you know, now that I'm older, I can kind of understand. Yeah. But anyway on a tangent and this is just <laughs> a yeah. lot of what my um adolescence was like mm-hmm. and i 
on top of that, um, my dad also sank into a pit of depression for the longest time. Mm-hmm. He just stopped caring about the house. And so I wasn't raised on how to do things that I would have to do as an adult on my own. Yeah. And so on. <laughs> I there's just a lot I didn't learn. There's a lot I didn't learn. Mm-hmm. And when you have mental health needs, whether it's because of all of this or because I just was meant to be this way, um, I don't know. I don't think I'll ever know. But that's okay. That's okay. Yeah. Um. But on top of that, there's just a lot of things I have to try to teach myself how to do. Yeah. And it's, it's simple things like how to do the dishes regularly so that they don't pile up. Like I'm 33 years old and I still don't know how to manage that because I was never taught how. Mm-hmm. Um, keeping all of my trash in the trash while I am not a slob. <laughs> I still have some orderly habits I should better maintain. Yeah. There's, I don't need three empty cans out. Three empty cans of, like, you know, Fresca or some type of soda. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and while I, I'm, I'm pretty okay at going around and picking up the trash that's scattered about... It's um, it's not necessarily entirely beneficial to like do everything, you know. Yeah. Especially since like I only have so much energy to to do that. I yeah, I understand. Mm-hmm. Like I said, these are habits that yeah. I should have already had. And yeah, I don't have them. Yeah, and you didn't learn because you weren't in an environment for that. And. Granted, I wasn't really either. <laughs> um, but God, my mom would yell at us, myself and my siblings, for like leaving dishes in the bedroom when she would do the same thing. So I, I dealt with it in a different way, you know. Um, but uh. Yeah, moving and then oh, go ahead. Yeah, moving forward from that, like, um, you, I wasn't sure, um, what the next chapter was like, I guess. Oh, sorry, (laughs) I was trying to help us transition (laughs) there, but (laughs) oh, no, you're fine. So, So, with all of that in mind. Um, you know, I didn't have these certain habits established and routines and even just the smallest stuff like sweeping up your little breadcrumbs from the counter after mm-hmm. you've made a sandwich. Yeah. These were things that my dad used to do but didn't mm-hmm. any longer. And then so I just was like, whatever. Yeah. And <laughs> so that but then but then he met who is now my stepmom? Mm-hmm. Who was the exact opposite of this way that we were living? Yeah. And my dad was able to 
boom, transition right back into his old habits. Yeah. But you didn't have because those habits. Before. Yeah. You, you didn't have them. those habits. You didn't have that foundation. Yeah. Right? You know? Right. Dad did. So I didn't know what she was expecting from me. Exactly. Yeah. And so <laughs> it was, I just went from one lifestyle to exactly the opposite. Mm-hmm. And of almost immediately, and it was like she couldn't handle that I didn't have these habits and didn't have the patience to help me build them. Yeah, she just expected me to be able to pick up on it now, and you, you can't do that. It, <laughs> yeah, you need to have patience and no ways of you know like how how do you help a teenager who should have formulated these habits when they were little develop them now later a little bit later in life because i mean you were still young enough but you were older you know than say six seven when you should have been building those habits i was 17 mm-hmm. yeah exactly like 16 17 when you came into your life and um so yeah it's like she was just expecting that i would just start doing this clean my bedroom and the bathroom every single week and vacuum every single week and do laundry twice a week mm-hmm. when you just didn't have the habits for me to do that yeah i didn't and, and i i didn't really even know how mm-hmm yeah. To do a lot of this stuff. Mm-hmm. I rarely touched a vacuum throughout all of my upbringing. Yeah. So, but, <clears throat> and that <laughs> was also a very bad time. I and mean, then again, any any type of trauma like this is always going to be a very bad time for it to happen. There's no yeah. thing as a good time. <laughs> but, um, but when you are 16, 17 years old, you're still trying to find where you fit in in the world. Yeah. You are still incredibly mentally and emotionally vulnerable at that point because puberty. Mm-hmm. Hormones raging, you know, uh, making you emotional. And so, yeah. <laughs> so, and, and with that in mind, that was like <laughs> definitely not a good time to beat somebody down for not having certain habits established not living a certain way Mm -hmm. it really played with my head (laughs) in the worst ways imaginable Mm -hmm. I think that was when I really was my first um, trigger warning Mm -hmm. suicidal ideations yeah, this um, is my first time. You're, you're breathing into the mic a little bit. Maybe like take the phone a little bit. Sorry. I lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> like, we, we don't have an ideal setup here, y'all. So it's, uh, it's kind of a trick. But um, we're working through it. Um, but uh, you, yeah, you were talking about um, this was the first time you had um, suicidal uh, ideation. Um, yeah. Yeah. This was the first real like 
desire mm-hmm. to just want to go because I wasn't good enough. No. I was never going to be good enough. There was nothing I could ever do to be good enough in mm-hmm. the world. Yeah. To this day, I still feel that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's because of the many events that followed after this. Mm-hmm. This was not the end of it. This was just the beginning. Yeah, it's the iceberg, really. And I, and I mean, you know, reflecting back onto that period of time, I imagine there's a part of your brain that was like, well, that was really not that much to deal with. I know I have thoughts like that all the time. It's like, well, you know, having my mom yell at me to put my dishes in the sink is really not that big of a deal. Why does it still, like, haunt me to this day? <laughs> you know, but it's also, like, you know, it it wasn't necessarily that she wanted you to take care of yourself and your things and your environment. It was how she went about communicating those desires. Yeah, because standing two inches from my face, beat red in your own face, screaming at me, literally screaming at me, you know, Mm -hmm. That gets in my head, and that's going to stick with me for the rest of my life. Yeah. Exactly. It's not about the dishes. It's not about, (laughs) you know, that I forgot to clean my bathroom once. It's it's how she went about Mm -hmm. handling these situations Mm -hmm. that have traumatized me, and I, I don't think I will ever... Yeah. Really... Quote, get over it, end quote. Yeah, yeah. I I still have a hard time dealing with people yelling at me because I constantly yelled at as a child. I can't handle passive aggression. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like setting a bag down harder than normal on a counter. Yeah. While, you know, kind of giving the cold shoulder, I cannot handle that. I can't. Mm-hmm. I disappear and I just allow myself an anxiety attack. It triggers anxiety attacks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have a hard time dealing with that kind of stuff too. Because my mom was super passive aggressive as well. But, um, so, <laughs> and then, of course, like every tragic story, there's mm-hmm. going to be a boy involved. <laughs> it always seems to be like, you know, men, cis men especially. I mean, that patriarchy, though. I just have to say, it's going to sound cliche, but it was true. There was a boy that I thought I loved. Mm-hmm. And I thought that he was the one for me, mm-hmm. and, but my parents hated him. Yeah. Sounds, this sounds so grown worthy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the that the classic, the bad boy trope. <sighs> yeah, and this one was kind of a complicated one for me mm-hmm. because of the fact that. 
before a weird incident got him in trouble for, I mean, something he claimed he didn't do. Mm-hmm. And was wrong place, wrong time. For the longest yeah. time, I believed it because what happened was completely against his character. Mm-hmm. So you thought um, at the time. Yeah. That I thought at the time. Yeah. He was a good guy. I thought he was. Mm-hmm. And but then a thing happened. Uh, God, okay. I really hate to admit this. So something happened where apparently like one of his best friends went crazy or something and attack and best friend attacked his own mother. Mm. And X says that at that point he was just like, oh my god, what is happening? Mm. And then tried to leave. But then got picked up by the cops. Yeah. And was tagged as part of the situation. Mm -hmm. 18-year-old me I'm going to believe him. Yeah. You're young. You were gullible. You didn't have a whole lot of, you know, life experience to steer you otherwise, you know? So I left my parents, mm-hmm. and he was the first one I thought of to call because he was out by then. Yeah. And I silently just bowed out. I took a bus. I didn't say anything to anybody. Mm-hmm. I made a phone call to him and I stayed at his place. For three days nobody knew where I was and I wanted it to stay that way. Mm-hmm. But his mom ratted me out. Of course. <laughs> I'm still a bit perturbed by this. But <sighs> you know what really Helped me understand, well, what should have been the first clue, Mm -hmm. as if going to prison wasn't the first clue. Right. (laughs) Yeah. What should have been the first clue after that was, okay, this is going to get pretty difficult. Mm -hmm. Okay. Take as much time as you need. Mm-hmm. I wanted to give myself to him. Mm-hmm. I thought that he was the one for me. So I, that's what I wanted. Mm-hmm. And um, your first time hurts a lot. If you haven't been doing anything to try to alleviate that pain before you go all in on your first encounter, mm-hmm. sexual encounter is going to hurt. Yeah, especially if you don't, you know, take your time with it and mm-hmm. you rush in, um, you don't prep. Mm-hmm. It hurts. Mm-hmm. And 
but he liked how it felt so much he, he couldn't stop. And I was in so much pain. He just didn't care. He just kept going. That should have been the deal breaker. Yeah. And that wasn't the last time. Two times. Two times. And then after all this, mm-hmm. when I lived with my other parents, my mom and my stepdad, mm-hmm. while claiming he wanted to make us work, he was in an online relationship with a gamer mm-hmm. friend. And he kept doing this. Mm-hmm. First it was one, and then it was another. And when oh, they yes. weren't giving him what he wanted, he would come back to me. Mm-hmm. And of course, being at this point 19, <sighs> I did finally eventually tell him to fuck off. Yeah. I remember that was a big moment for you, too. It was. I needed mutual friends, support, and help. Yeah. She she took a manga scan. Okay, if anybody's familiar with manga, it's like Japanese uh, graphic novels. Mm-hmm. Um. There's one from a particular series. I'm not going to get into it, but a character basically has his middle finger way up in the air. She scanned <laughs> it, cropped it, and then added her own text and emailed it to him. Uh, yes, beautiful. Yep. It sounds mm-hmm. like her. Yep. It sounds just like her. And that's exactly what she did. <laughs> and then after that, I when I told him I was done... He tried the whole, well, I was just going to tell you that I think I want to be with you forever and all that. Yeah, the garbage. Old garbage, same old bullshit. So I was like, yeah, <sighs> no. You had so many opportunities. Mm-hmm. Uh-uh. Yeah. And that was that. With that one. Mm-hmm. See, a lot of my these memories are post high school. Mm-hmm, yeah, where it really starts to go downhill is post high school. Yeah, you're only um, adulthood. Like you weren't even twenty yet when this stuff was going happen. But you were graduated from high school, and like I think that's a really vulnerable time for a lot of young women because um, you know that college age. Um, mm-hmm. You're you're in this vulnerable position where you're you just graduated high school, so you feel like you can conquer the world. You know, I know I've in in a way I almost felt that way. Like I could do anything, you know. Um, <laughs> and 
you don't realize until you're out in the world and you're trying to somehow make it by like that's when the world starts to beat you down you know and but you feel so emotionally vulnerable in that you know because um you you were always taught as a kid that you could grow up and you can do anything you can all you have to do is set your mind to it and you can be whatever you want to be um which feels so not true. Yeah. <laughs> it feels so not true. But I'll get into that here in a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Because we're working on a timeline. It's true. I don't want to... Because if I jump around, it makes sense to me. Because <laughs> I understand my own line of events. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, from this point, there's like this gap of time mm-hmm. of like three years that nothing in particular really happens but I'm just incredibly angry yeah I'm an incredibly angry person and yeah. poor Derek was on the receiving end of this so <laughs> much yeah this was the time when we were living in a trailer with a mutual friend um, and like we we were doing we were having a hard time financially um it was really stressful um but other than that we were fed we had a roof overhead we were we were managing um and we had each other as a you know kind of a support group that said, all the stresses are really getting to all of us in terms of like the finances and the situation. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, there, there were a lot of things that were going on at that time anyway that were at least emotionally damaging for me that weren't necessarily <laughs> um, tied to mutual friends. Um, family and connections. Yeah. But, so, and then I ended up moving to a different city for a little while. I met someone Mm -hmm. who is now one of my greatest friends for life. Mm -hmm. And we dated for all of maybe like a year. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It was not very long at all compared to how long we've known each other. We've known each mm-hmm. other for like 10 years. Yeah. Um, but 11, actually. Yeah. And I mean, 11 like, years. And that one year, just so it's clear, wasn't necessarily all consecutive either. It was kind of like y'all, y'all had like a pocket of, you know, let's try again here. And then we're like, oh, look, maybe we need to back off and then try it again later. But, you know. But uh, and then God, I hate you. <laughs> yeah, ultimately you both decided that you were great as friends, not a relationship. Which, yeah. um, he's a great guy. Um, a little backwards thinking sometimes. But I think yeah. that <laughs> that has more to do with his age than uh, 
anything. And it's, yeah, it's certain upbringings. Mm-hmm. Like he, but he's done a lot of work to backpedal on some of that. So I uh, can't hold against him too much. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we, we did kind of go on and off for a little while. Mm-hmm. It, you know, <laughs> general consensus was. As a partnership, we hate each other. Yeah. Absolutely not. Like, no. Doesn't work. But um, as friends, we were great. Like, he's one of my, one of my best friends. I have three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but after him there was my son's father mm-hmm. who wasn't necessarily so much of a piece of shit as he is just like a head in the sand avoid the situations I don't like kind of guy which I mean can make you a piece of shit when it comes to your kid yeah like I mean he's not a terrible guy but He's also a terrible father. Yeah, <laughs> and he wasn't. Yeah, and he wasn't a great boyfriend to you either. You know, I mean, he wasn't even much of a boyfriend. It was more like a FWB kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with the hopes that maybe it would develop into something. Develop into something more, but then I got pregnant. So then, what he did is he ran away and went to somebody else. Yep. Who? So like, okay, with. well. No, it's kind of a shitty thing to do, but I've had worse. <laughs> yeah, much worse. Uh-huh. And then just skip all the in betweeners that were just kind of like here and there, mm-hmm. which were only like one, a couple that mm-hmm. I tried with. Mm-hmm. And then go to the most recent ex. Mm hmm. Mhm. Yeah, he was a real piece of work. He was a real piece of work. This one, um, kind of, and it's strange for me to be able to say this because it's really hard for, at this point in my life, it's really hard for somebody to get their own way in any aspect of my life. And make me feel powerless. (laughs) I'm pretty good. At least I like to think I'm pretty good at, you know, making my boundaries clear. Mm -hmm. In whatever way I do. Or I just back off and wait for you to figure it out. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But with this one, I don't know. He somehow managed to convince me that it was a good idea for him to move into my house. Yeah, yeah, and you were together for how long? How quick did this? Not happen? very long. I yeah. just remember that, but he was so persistent. Mm-hmm. And then, um, where it just got really difficult, at, you know, repeating myself. No, 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 no. Fine, God. Because mm-hmm. then it was... wouldn't take no for an answer. Yeah. And then uh, there was telling my son that his name is not 
insert name. Mm-hmm. We'll call I'm him. I'm dead. We'll call him uh, Daniel. <laughs> yeah, we'll call him Daniel. That's not anywhere near his name. No. <laughs> we'll say Daniel. My name's not Daniel. It's Dad. Mm-mm. Dad. My son was two. Yeah. Not even. Actually, he was almost two. Mm-hmm. Not quite, though. And then he did the same thing when it came to his mom. That's oh, that that's grandma. You should call her grandma. So when this relationship ended, this was a very sticky mess I had to clean up. Yeah. But when it came to Daniel, um, he's this guy that you know thought he knew a lot of things, but he didn't. Yeah. He just was a very opinionated person. And if you found like a fact that countered his opinion, he would get so irate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He... Like he would say things, he would say things like, oh, so only you are allowed to be right. Just you. Nobody else is allowed to be right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I remember. Would say something that you, I mean, if there's always going to be a fact or a thing that you're told that is <laughs> really hard to believe. Mm-hmm. And you just kind of have to look into it yourself to believe it. Yeah. And in those instances, he wouldn't bother to do the research I uh, offered him. He just laughed at me. <laughs> yeah. He was that kind of person. He would just laugh. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Because he always felt like he was right. He didn't need the facts to back him up. He was right. Period. Dot. Dot your eyes. Uh, dot your eyes and uh, cross your T's. He's. He was matter. also the type of person that would use research and facts for his arguments if he was the one that was in the right. Mm-hmm. If there was any possibility that he could have been wrong. He didn't like to research it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was cause... that person. We fought a lot. I had not gotten into a yelling match with anyone in yeah. at that time. Yeah, not not since uh... not since um, ten years ago. So it had been mm-hmm. six at that time, six or seven. Yeah. Uh, I think it was six or seven years without ever getting into much of a yelling match with anyone. Come along, Daniel. <laughs> mm-hmm. And here it's almost weekly. Yeah, I think the uh, pr- probably the last time you ever had a screaming match was between you and I. For some ridiculous thing, because you know, like stress was really getting to us at the time, and I still remember like us getting in a screening match over how to properly use your phone. <laughs> yes, this is real, by the way. This is this is a this real is... thing that happened. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Don't judge us. We, we were 20, 22 and 23 at the time. Okay. Give us some slack. Like we said, <laughs> finances were killing our brain cells and affecting our ability to be rational. <laughs> yes. It was, it was bad. It was very bad. Uh, anyway. <laughs> so, with all that in mind, that's, uh, you know, um, about 30 minutes of talking about, you know, my 33 years. Yeah. Of life. Um, and, and I just don't, yeah. before we continue, um, I just want to be clear too, um, as an outsider looking into on to Jenny's last relationship, there was a lot of gaslighting um, that was going on. Pardon me. God. Um, he he often manipulated her over like um, certain things. Um, I remember being on call with Jenny a few times when they got into arguments, and it was some dumb things like um I think we were talking about paranormal things or whatever and he of course he had to throw in his two cents and I just remember being really annoyed at you know the way he would like butt into our conversation sometimes and like it it was like he wanted to have his hands into every little aspect of Jenny's life. Like, she couldn't have any sort of, you know, part of her life that was just hers, you know? Um, and it, it, was, it, was, it was that kind of relationship that um, he was, in, in a way, very emotionally and mentally controlling and yeah and but and at the same time though it's like he didn't want to be active in any aspect of what I was do what I wanted him to be a part of is like a family he didn't want to leave to do this mm-hmm. he didn't want to do this he didn't want to do that because he was too tired mm-hmm. to want to be a dad but yeah. then he got jealous of um, the guy I was talking about that is that was my ex, but we'll call him yeah, Mike. we'll call him Mike. We'll call him Mike. We'll call him, we'll call him, yeah, call we'll him Mike. We'll call him Mike. He's the guy <laughs> that is one of my best friends. Okay, we'll mm-hmm. call him Mike. Um, he, Daniel, would get incredibly jealous of Mike because Mike was being the dad. Yeah, he, he, Mike absolutely loves Connor. He's so good with Connor. Um, Spoils him a bit, but he yeah. he does his best. <laughs> he does the best that he can. He is dad. He's not father, yeah. but he's dad. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And Daniel would get incredibly jealous of this, but make no effort to actually build that relationship with my son. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, so I would hear about it all the time. <laughs> you know, just shut up. Like, 
yeah, he didn't want to be involved in the icky parts, you know, the the difficult parts of the relationship. The parts that um, required actual effort and work. But he wanted his hand in every other aspect of your life. Um, like the things he felt like he could easily control and manipulate. And he always had something to say, even when he really shouldn't say anything at all. Yeah. <laughs> you know? um, and then he turned to alcohol a lot and that was a big thing um, and alcohol made him a real asshole very miserable. argumentative um, yeah very miserable to be around he was never physically abusive but um, mm-hmm. just very emotional. emotionally and mentally yeah. with the way that he would just be so dismissive mm-hmm but um, so <laughs> I could go on and on and on about mm-hmm. this Daniel, but I'm not going to go on much further because all it's going to do at this point is just make me feel like crap. I think yeah. we've said enough on <laughs> the Daniel situation. <laughs> so yeah. with all that in mind, my support circle has <sighs> never been very big. I have one. Mm-hmm. It's just particularly small. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily need to No, be it doesn't. Though. It just needs to be it just needs to be strong and supportive. <laughs> Thus, you know, support circle. <laughs> I should hope my support <laughs> circle is supportive. That is the hope. Yeah, joking. I know. I'm just. I'm being um, jerk. <laughs> I know. I know. We're we're being we're being pedantic. I think is the word. <laughs> but so yeah. Um, oh, I thought you were gonna say something. I was, oh. but then I forgot <laughs> what I was gonna say. So basically, how. What this does to me now is it makes it very difficult mm-hmm. for me to be able to socially to, to be social with people and to want to open up to people. Yeah. Like I, I would love to be able to go out on dates with people, but I just I'm so scared of it that I'm just like, yeah. nah, <laughs> it's okay. Do I really want to go through all of this or something new and bad? Mm-hmm. When I can just be by myself and be happy and not have to share the TV remote and hold all the snacks to myself. You know, it's the benefits <laughs> of being single. But uh, I wish I understood why. But a lot of these memories just randomly are, are my intrusive thoughts. Yeah, um, which is a sign of PTSD. <laughs> That's what yeah. PTSD is. Um, a lot of it yeah. is. Yeah. I don't yeah. have an official diagnosis. I would like mm-hmm. to get one though. Yeah. Yeah. It would help you move forward. Mm-hmm. 
um, and tackling it. And honestly, like some of these, some of these thoughts, I I don't even ask for them. I could be washing the dishes and then, and then just suddenly. Yeah. I mean, hence the term thoughts, right? Um, It's, it's crazy because when I think about like the intrusive thoughts, um, I still have sometimes, but I, they're they're not as frequent now, but like take, for example, we could just be, um, driving around in the car, you know, and just sitting in the passenger seat, we're talking or whatever. And then suddenly like we're pulling off an exit ramp and then I'll have like this flash of like, uh, just like a mental image of the car veering off over the railing and like flipping and like we're all crushed in the car and blood and guts everywhere. You I know? get those too. Those kind of intrusive thoughts. Yeah. Those are the kinds of intrusive thoughts I used to get all the time. Um, thankfully, I don't have them as much uh, as I used to, but um, it's incredibly scary and emotionally jarring when I get thoughts like that. Because um, <laughs> you, you don't ask for them. Um, and nothing really triggers them that I have ever been able to, you know, deduce anyway. Uh but yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's hard to deal with sometimes. It's because like those kinds of intrusive thoughts, they don't just like everybody has like random thoughts about things. Um, but what makes an intrusive thought is that it doesn't just go away. Um, it lingers, and you your mind kind of just ruminates on it, even though you really don't want to ruminate on it. You don't want to think on it. You don't want to sit in that stink, you know? Um, But you aren't able to pull your mind away. Um, And that's what an intrusive thought is, basically. I get those sometimes, Um, but in Mm -hmm. different, I mean, we all do, but mine are Mm -hmm. a lot more (laughs) scarring, but I mean, this is, I think what happens when you become a parent is your brain sometimes thinks of all the terrible things that could happen to Mm -hmm. your child. And that's why you're there to protect yeah. them. And those are, oh my God. <laughs> those are the, the really scary ones. Yeah. That's traumatizing. Thanks, brain. Yeah. But, um, so yeah, like I said earlier, passive aggression, because of all this, I can't handle. Mm-hmm. Um, confrontation, I absolutely cannot handle. Mm-hmm. I'm always yeah. worried, like, if somebody seems like they're bothered by something or if they seem upset, I have this paranoia mm-hmm. that it somehow has to do with me. I have that, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a big thing for me, um, not wanting to feel like a burden, but constantly feeling like one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a big thing. Like, for you, I know that 
what you've been experiencing is just a very bad toothache that's been giving yeah. you a headache. But sometimes yeah. when you are a bit off because of it, that paranoia in there mm-hmm. is is begging to ask, what did I do? <laughs> you didn't do anything. Yeah. You didn't do anything. Yeah. It's... <laughs> you know, I'm just like, I've been in a lot of pain. Um, and unlike right now, I'm actually feeling pretty, pretty good. That's good. Now that I've eaten and brushed my teeth, I still have, you know. <laughs> and, but like, yeah. God. Anyway, <laughs> at this point, I feel like it's about time to wrap up. Um, we're getting to the hour. Yes, we are. I we have um, carried on too much in this episode. <laughs> so. <laughs> But it, it's it's all good content, and I've, I'm like I feel like an hour slot is good. Like last episode was kind of on the shorter end; it's about forty six minutes, I think, if I remember correctly. But uh, yeah. Um. So, yeah. I mean, so that's yep. And with all that, it has taken me a long time to come to terms with the fact that it is okay to not be okay. Yeah, it is absolutely okay not to be okay. And we just want everybody to remember that in those moments when you're not feeling okay. That's actually been me today. Like, I'm not feeling my best. So it's okay. And it's perfectly fine for me to be this way today. You are, you are still valuable. You still have something to bring into this world. And it's okay to not, you know, realize that, realize that it's okay not to, you know, um, see your own potential. But existing, just existing is okay. Alright. Much love. Much love. Peace and love. See you later. <laughs> Bye.